Welcome, it's Montel Williams here, and thanks for joining us again for another edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel, where we talk normally everything cannabis and hemp-related in the world to make sure we can give you enough information to help you navigate the space as you are out looking in dispensaries and other places to find a product that you might want to use for yourself or your family. But today, we're going to shift the paradigm just a little bit again. Uh, this is now the, the second appearance of... Uh, our next guest on the podcast. And because of your response, I want to make sure that uh, I keep bringing her back and giving you an opportunity to hear a little bit more about what she does. She's a medical intuitive, a spiritual healer, an energy medicine practitioner. She started a practice in etheric medicine based in Long Beach in 2017. And her practice, Bobby Communicates, with the spirit to help people get to the root cause of their physical illnesses, chronic pain, and or emotional issues. And I'm talking about the one and only Bobby Vogel. Welcome her back to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Bobby. Thank you. You know, I think what I ought to do one more time, though, to make sure those people who are tuning in think expecting to hear everything cannabis and hearing from you, they need to understand what it is you do. What exactly is a medical intuitive? What would you, how would you describe yourself? What do you do? Well, right. It's, I think it's different for everybody. So I know for me, what it means is that I am able to tune in to someone's, not just their energy, their body, energy body, but their physical body as well. And um, I can see density, anxiety. I'm given information about um, what that density means, how we can clear it out. I guess. And, and in that process of, of identifying that density and clearing it out, you say that you're able to get to the root of a person's illness and help them overcome that. Right. right. How did this come about? I mean, were you just sitting around one day on the couch going, hmm, I think I can heal somebody. No, no, that never occurred to me, actually. Okay. Where did it, where did it come from? Well, I mean, it's a pretty long story, but. Um, it's okay. We got some time. Okay. So I uh, was a top producing realtor in San Francisco. I. Uh, moved down to LA when uh, a client from San Francisco who was a flipper, an investor, mm -hmm. uh, she wanted to buy properties in Los Angeles and flip them. So we got into contract on five great homes. Um, How many years ago is Now it's about six. Okay. And uh, so I thought now is a good time you know, to go if I'm going to go, because I always wanted to live down here on the beach. And then I made that move. And within four days of that, she bailed on all of the contracts, even though she was in, you know. Ouch. Yeah. So it was about $225,000 gone. But so I wasn't obviously planning for that. And then I had brought my special needs son. I, he was in a high care facility in the Bay Area because he's a, adopted and has um, behavioral issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, so within a very short period of time, he was, well, he was moved down there and then San Francisco County decided they didn't want to pay for his care anymore mm -hmm. and they basically forced him out. Um, bottom lining it but uh they had just yeah so the day before that they had said you know he needed a lot of care and then the next day i was threatened with um being arrested for abandonment if i didn't come pick him up now i know that i'm not 
suited that it didn't have what he needs, you know, mm -hmm. which is a lot of, well, a lot. But anyway, um, he, because of his struggles and stuff, I, I had to have him at home and he was going to a public school for the first time in his life. He was always within a school, within a facility and, um, it didn't go well. And, um, Little by little, like I couldn't go to work during the day because he wouldn't be at school all day and lots of other things. And um, without that cushion, I pretty quickly lost everything that I had and uh, ended up having a, a, a sticker from the sheriff on the door. And this is over a bit of time. And uh, I was just at an absolute complete loss. Like, what is going on here? You know, I didn't have family. Uh, both my parents are on the other side. And I didn't understand, like, everything that I was doing before wasn't working. You know, they called me Midas in San Francisco because every deal I touched turned to go. And here I was, like, turning the keys into my Mercedes Benz, leaving it in the parking lot. I had no money for food, no nothing. And I couldn't. I couldn't get out of it. And I was screaming at God and, you know, my people and everything. Like, what did I say I would do? What, the, what is going on? You know, like, I don't just, I just leave me alone, like move on to somebody else. And, um, I actually, you know, was contemplating leaving the planet and, um, Somebody came to town from Chicago that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And she asked me, she said, can I take you to lunch? So I went to lunch with her and I, she mentioned agape. And now I hadn't, I hadn't told her anything about what was going on in my life because it was just so mortifying and I had shame around it. And, um, I, I thought it was a mess, a restaurant agape, you know, and she said, no, it's a non-denominational church around here somewhere. You should check it out. I was like, sure. You know, I totally had given up on life at that point. And um, the next morning I looked up. So that was a Saturday. I looked it up and sure there was a, um, a church was happening in like 30 minutes. So I like grabbed my son, got out the door. And uh, while I was there, I, sw I swore I had my, hand, my face in my hand and I was like, I knew it was like, it sounds nuts, but like the word of God coming to me or my parents and spirit, because it was my personal thoughts um, that were going on. It was my state of mind, my situation in my life, what I was contemplating doing. And the the words that came through, I don't even remember what they were, but I left there for the first time feeling like I wanted, that, that I had faith, that I had hope. And through the words that came through, it was Michael Beckwith. And uh, I remember I went to him not knowing who he was, right? It didn't, he had bodyguards and stuff. And I went and I said you to him after the service, you saved my life with what you said. And he stopped and he told the bodyguards it was fine. And he came and he like looked me in the face and gave me a hug and walked away. And from that day forward, I just started... Um, praying and talking to my parents on the other side. I would go up and down the beach in Venice, just praying, praying, help me. What did I say I would do? 
I want to do it, whatever agreement that I said, whatever I agreed to before I came in, which we can talk all about, but like whatever I said I would do, please just tell me what it is. I'm not, what do I need to heal? What do I need to do? Because I want to, I know I'm here for a reason. You know, there's no way that I'm not. And even though I ended up getting evicted shortly after that, things got better. And that's crazy to say, but they got better because I because of my faith and because I just got so focused on what was my a relationship with God and spirit. And I don't mean organized religion, God. Sure. And it became all that I focused on and and had faith in. And gradually, you know, think I even though I was like sleeping in garages or friends would get Airbnb for me for and my son at the time. And, but things were shifting and I never went back to that feeling that I didn't want to be here. And then people started telling me, Oh, you're a healer, like other psychic people and healers and stuff. And I was like, what, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was a medic and then a realtor, like, and I was still trying to revive my real estate at the time and it wasn't working, but, um, and then I actually went and uh, was led to do ayahuasca and that like propelled me into this whole nother level of connection spiritually. And I got a lot of information during that um, experience. And I was told in that experience that I was a healer and find a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I was so reliant on spirit and that I, okay, I hear you. And I went and I did it. And that's when I found I came across Linda Howe on Facebook with the Akashic Records. And when I saw her face, because I've known her from Chicago like 25 years ago, as I had said, and um, that's uh, that's when I I knew that that was my teacher and I signed up for the Akashic Records because I just trust that much, mm-hmm. you know. And then the very first time I opened my own Akashic records is when I I was like absolutely sure of how I was being communicated with. I just did. I've always had the gift. I just mm-hmm. didn't understand that that's how I'm communicated with like in images and, you know, stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. And just for people listening and tuning in right now, Akashic Records are? Well, like I've said, I've I've moved on from the records and I wanted to talk a second about that after. But the Akashic Records is like, it's it's a, you know, like a, you open a book of records and in that giant book, like I saw it first, it's like, looks like a big Harry Potter book, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to visualize that. And everything, all the lives you've lived, what your soul has lived, all the experiences it's had, all of the ones it's 
currently having all the, the possibilities of the future are all in this book of records. And so you access the master, you know, of, of the records and master's teachers, loved ones it's called. And so, um, and then it just, I literally, I just started opening people's records and was, it was just unbelievable experience. And since then though, I started being sent a lot of people with medical issues, right? Just started showing up kind of in the theme. And I, I started being shown more things in the body, energy things. Like I can literally see people's anxiety and things like that. And I started getting guided as, as I've mentioned before in the last podcast, but I started getting guided as to like how to re like move some of the, the density out at the same time as, as getting the information about what the trauma was or the emotional. Cause you, you believe that all illness is rooted in trauma. Most of us. I believe it because of that's what I've been. Yes, I do. Because that's what I know from, I know it sounds not, but that's what I understand from spirit. And I, because they, you know, I get taught along the way now, you know, like I, I initially got connected to that gift, but then it's like, it's like I trust spirit, they trust me. And then the gift keeps getting they pop more and more and more, you know? And, and so I actually had a conversation with Linda Howe, you know, um, who speaks all over the, you know, the world, China and teaches. And I asked her, you know, because I, I had, I, I want to do the Akashic records justice. Right. And even though I, move uh, my gift has expanded from there I, I had a conversation the other day with her and I said uh, you know how how do I explain this without saying that you know the Akashic Records it's an amazing tool and then and I said you know because this isn't in the records what I'm doing right mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like no and that's really important that you say that because her main concern um, is that people then, you know, will think, oh, if I go and I take the Akashic Records course, then I'm going to be able to be a medical intuitive too. And that unfortunately, you know, and so the people are going to focus on that instead of whatever it is, the gift that they're, they have, you know, because we each have a unique gift. And, and those records are specific to you. Yeah. And so I work outside of the, and she even agree, you know, that of course, there's no, the things that I'm doing are not within the Akashic records. So I'm always grateful. And of course, for that um, introduction to my own gift. And then I, you know, and it's all exactly the way that it should have been, but the. So Bobby, okay. I get it that you had to go through your own trials and tribulations in a way to be open to this idea of recognizing this force. So, and you said that you had reached out to, you know, like a mentor who identified that what your space really is, is this mental, this uh, medical intuitive kind of space. When did you feel that you had the ability to do something like this? Well, um, you're referencing Linda Howe. Yes. Um, right. So Linda didn't identify that for me. It was, she just was a, the she's the person that teaches akashic records practitioners courses like many of them and that's taking that course was how i got connected to my gift 
that I've always had, but it's when I really realized that that is how I'm being communicated with, like I said. And the way that I never anticipated being connected with any medical intuitive gift or any of these things, it just, somebody came, uh, one of a client came who I had talked about who had medical problem like pain for 10 years and I didn't know how I could help. I knew that I could because she was in front of me. But I when I tuned in with that with that client for the very first time and I I I started sending light through which was also new. It this is what I say it's like up leveling like teaching me spirit, teaching me new things. I didn't know when I she walked in the door and then suddenly they started identifying like why she, what was going on Maybe. with her, the spirit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spirit was starting to talk about what that pain was really about. So let's, but let me back up for a half a second. You said a client. So that means you had clients. What made you go from taking this course to letting people come to you for anything? Well, because I was clear that after, especially after the the first time I opened my own records, and I sub I had to uh, open other people's records to even get the practitioner's course. Like women who have been doing the Akashic records for like twenty twenty five years, it's part of it's like a serious um, practitioner course that Linda does. And so by the time I was done with that course, I had already had to do lots of readings with people and then i did readings with my family and let's also make sure that people understand that just by taking that akashic record course isn't going to automatically make you a person who can tap into other people's akashic records right exactly you're just getting information like taking a college course right on what is akashic records right and i mean and it's used for some people it's it because it's such a useful tool for self or for mm-hmm. healing i mean i healed a lot of my own stuff within my own records you know like for myself like and so it can be used for that alone you don't always have to move to do it for other people or open other people's records or would you even have the ability to do it or would you even have the ability and in your case after having opened those records in that course that showed you a, in a way that your course was to do this for other people. Right. Okay, so now you started seeing clients first to do what? Just to open up their records and let them identify what their blockages are. Or just, yeah, I mean, some people would come to me about any kind of, like, sometimes it's like, this guy they're dating, or, you know, is this the, you know, little things like that, like life questions. Coming to you in the terms of trying to ask a psychic. Kind of, right. Can I right. say it that way? Yeah, I, yes, but it was, right, I never... I never considered, you know, because then you you think it's like a you know crystal ball kind of thing, which was never the case. It's just it's way more deeper and intense than that. And like the information that comes through for people in the Akashic Records is it is not vague. There's nothing vague. And I think anybody that's done a session with me can attest to that. In fact, sometimes it's it's hard stuff because it's not vague. It's so direct. So you had clients coming to you first that were just trying to basically get a rating, right? So they, they get, and then you have a client comes to you, says, can you help me figure out what's wrong with me? Right. So it's the, she had won the, um, 
raffle or not one, but she paid for a, a, at a silent raffle at my stepson's school. She, I donated two sessions. She, um, bid on one of them and got one of them because she was also at like, this had been for 11 years of level 10 pain, which, you know, and every time she would urinate, she it was excruciating. She, it's a military family. They couldn't, I mean, their whole life revolved around it. So I didn't know who she was. I had no idea. And she, she said, oh, I, I got the, the, I won the, the thing or whatever. And so she came and I'll never, she walked in and she was just so de like in pain, dejected, like just, you know, um, and I know because spirit told me like, cause it, when I first started doing the Akashic records, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for business now. I remember I'm a, a real estate for 17 years and buying and flipping and all that stuff. So I trusted that guidance and I was like, how am I going to find people to help? Like, what do you do with this kind of a thing? Like put a, you know, an ad to like, yeah, I mean, it's wow. like, then, and Spirit said, we will send you who we want you to help. And I've always trusted that. And so every time, and so, and that has been true. Like they, people just show up, show up, show up. And so when they do, I know, I don't know how, but I know that I can't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help them, but I trust that I can. And so I simply ask, how can I help them? show how show me how i can help them that's what i ask and so with her um she was kind of timid and scared and the whole thing and and was um she had a lot of wounding a lot of very sensitive information that was coming through about what all this was that was going on here right and without telling too much of her personal story and then sudden and then for the first time I heard get stand up. And so I stood up and for spirit and I was shown like, it's almost like seeing an imprint on her body, like, or light hands where I'm to put my hands and then shown what I was to do. And I like, to this day, it's the craziest thing. I was like, there were like, spirit doctors flanking me literally teaching me which was cool because I like I said I went to paramedic school Loyola mm -hmm. and so I do like I've been in surgeries I've been in like trauma rooms and things so I understood what it was that they were having me do and then they would explain spirit would explain why I was doing what I was doing sending light through um moving energy like zapping things I mean it was the most incredible experience to be having because I wasn't expecting it. And so that was your first client that actually asked for medical help. And did they come, they come in the door looking for medical help or they just came in the door looking for some. Relief? No, she came because she was told after all these years and all these different therapies and you name it. I mean, she had done everything she could. She's a young woman, by the way, she's got little, you know, young kids they told her her only option was to remove her bladder, this young person. And so she was not, you know, she was like, before I do that, like, I've, I don't, I've never heard of this, you know, medical intuitives. Or, in fact, I wasn't yet medical intuitive stuff, but she gave it a try. Like she just, because she was at a loss, right? Mm -hmm. She was about to go get cut up. And so 
she gave it a try and that's what happened. And when, when she, after the session and all these really intense information about her childhood and things that she had experienced and like the intensity and the details. And she had people from the other side coming through who were actually, I could, were like also doing work on her. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was astounding. And I mean, in, when I'm in that space in that realm, nothing surprises me. So it's like, for me, I'm like, Oh, of course, you know, she's the grandma's here, like, you know, cutting things out or do whatever she's doing. It doesn't strike me as odd when I'm in that realm. So from that patient to date, how many people have, well, I shouldn't say patient, sorry, that client today, because I don't want anybody saying that Bobby called her a patient. I said it, Bobby didn't say it. Um, <laughs> no, but from the, that first client who came in looking for something medical to date, how many people have you answered medical questions for? Probably... 250, 300. 300. Mm -hmm. And all of them have pretty much credited you with results that they had not been able to achieve before. And I'm so glad that you actually brought one of your clients with you here today. And as a client who has had several sessions with Bobby to help her navigate a pretty, pretty, pretty solid, devastating life of, of multiple different types of illnesses. Please welcome to us right now, honestly. Please welcome Moya Mahoney. Thank you, Moya, for being here. So thanks for coming on to share because, you know, this is now, you know, Bobby's been on the podcast now. This is number three. And, you know, along the way, we've uh, had her give information out to people to explain what a medical intuitive is. And we've also sat down with her once before with one of her other clients. And, you know, I think it's important to have a person who's had the experience themselves sit here rather than just you and I kind of talk to it. And let's back up for a second. So what was going on in your life? A lot of health issues. And um, health issues like what? Because I mean, I know you listed them one time. It was everything from having lupus to, not lupus, but but um, having uh, uh, irritable bowel syndrome to fibromyalgia to chronic fatigue syndrome. You had been diagnosed with these illnesses by Western doctors? Yes, by several different doctors. And this was going on over what period of time? Uh, I was officially diagnosed in 2016, but had been dealing with it since 2009. So it had been about 10 years of on health issues off and on. And just so people can understand, describe what your life was like. Right the, the week before you went to Zimbabwe, were you? Your, your fatigue syndrome was so bad that you couldn't go out of the house? Or were you going out of the house? What was going on in your life? Uh, by that point, I had, had dealt with my health issues for about three years and had seen just about every doctor that I could see. I tried all different types of Western medicine. They had you on multiple medications? They had multiple, lots of pain medication. Opioids? Trigger, opi they, I, they wanted to put me on opioids. I was up to six pain pills a day, and it still didn't help my pain. My pain level was at a nine on a daily basis. Chronic fatigue so bad that at times I would get out to walk my dogs and we'd get half a block and didn't know how I was going to get home. Um, wheelchair bound if I had to get into grocery store or if I had to go to any type of event with my husband, I would have to, to go in a wheelchair concerts. Um, I was really good friends with motor scooters at Target or Walmart. Um, I no longer could process food. Um, my irritable bowel had gotten so bad that the pain was excruciating whenever I ate. I couldn't eat citrus. I could no longer digest most foods. 
Um, by the time I saw Bobby. Well, wait, wait don't, before you tell me that, not by the time you saw her, how did you even find out about Bobby? You're on a Western medication track. She'd been to Mayo Clinic. You've been to Mayo Clinic, just gone to Mayo Clinic. I just back. weeks before I had gone, try last ditch effort to try to figure out. So you're walking down the street and this brick hits you upside the head that had Bobby's name on it? No. Well, I came back from Mayo and spent about a week in bed, just devastated that I couldn't find any more answers to what was going on with my health because it wasn't getting any better. And I tried everything and it wasn't working. So I I was at at the end of my life. I didn't know how I was going to live my life for the next 20 years in the state that I was in. So I just started, I said, you know, God, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out a way to do something other than what I'm doing because it's not working. So I went through some files that I had. I had a neighbor that worked at an acupuncturist office at a wellness center. And I reached out to her. I sent her a text message and and I made an appointment with an acupuncturist. And she says, wait, before you go and see him, I had an actual appointment scheduled. She says, I want you to see Bobby. She says, my friend's wife, Bobby, is really incredible, and I think she can help you. She says, here's her information. Look on her website. And I looked on the website and booked an appointment. And were you skeptical? Were you open? What was going on? I had no idea what exactly it was. I just knew it wasn't Western medicine, and it didn't involve more procedures and medication that wasn't wasn't working. And I had to try something. And I was open-minded to it. I was open-minded to it. So first day you show up at Bobby's office, you walk in the door, you see this woman standing in front of you with, you know, spiked hair, and you go, what? No, I mean, what was the reaction when you walked My in? My first reaction was comfort. I, I felt comfortable in her space that she had that she has at her office, and she put me at ease really, really quickly. I, you know, I wasn't deterred by the tattoos or the hair. <laughs> and then wait, so she walks in the door. You look at her. What do you see? Uh, first, just saying. And I should back up and say again. She makes an appointment with you. You don't question her about what her diagnosis has been or any of those things, right? No, that was a question at all. So now, so she opens up the door, walks in, and hi, I'm your two o'clock. Right, and so I, she comes in. I have people sit down for a minute, and I could. I mean, she was gray. You know, she was just her. She was just looked horrible. She was, you know, depressed. I mean, looked depressed to me. Her energy was just whoosh, there wasn't any. So to me, like zero life force. And um, and then I said, so, you know, how can I help? Like what what made you make the appointment? And she shared with me what she just shared with you. And I basically said, let's see, you know, I had her lay down again and I tuned in and, you know, she could share what she wants about the emotional stuff that was coming up. But um, same, like, you know, doing my CAT scan <laughs> and with, you know, sending light through. And when you say doing my CAT scan, this is not with a CAT scan machine. You don't have a CAT scan, you don't have an X-ray, you don't have an EEG, none of those things. You basically are the CAT scan. Yeah, I mean, right. So, because I, I, I will go to, to the, the head and I put my hand there and I tune in and close my eyes and spirit and whoever, everybody kind of shows up and I'm asking how, what's, you know, how can I help? Just and we then lights is sent through, like comes basically out of my hand and is sent through for this process. 
and I can see uh, the electrical system, you know, to me, the electrical system is, you know, energetic and also the physical, right? Where there's density, I see it all. It's like looking at a, like a negative or something. And so um, again, with her, I couldn't get past her throat for, and, and I would, so they give me information and I ask questions, right? They have me ask questions. I don't ask anything unless I'm guided by spirit to ask because there's always a reason why they're asking so it was you know do you you're not something's going on with your throat and so she's affirming these things and um i'm able to get through that and then finish my scan and even though i can see like there's zero lights on that's what i call it's like zero lights on in the house for her and it's okay to say i think that you know she felt suicidal and I got that information from them, not from her. And then I said, is this how you're feeling that, you know, I hadn't told anybody that not even my husband. And now again, while you walk in, you see her, she doesn't put you off by appearance or by style. And she asks you to lay down on the table while she's doing this. What are you feeling? I'm feeling like a, an energetic feeling like my body's awakening, like, um, I could feel feeling in my fingertips that I hadn't felt in a long time. I started feeling uh, tingling in my toes where I had a lot of numbness from my, from my knees down. This is just from the conversation that you two are having. This is from her no. laying her hands on mm-hmm. me on the table. And so this is, again, first session that you're having with her. Is this an hour, two hours, three One. hours? Yeah. One hour. At the end of that hour, how did you feel? I felt like I couldn't wait to come back. So I felt, I felt, and I felt, I felt like, like I w- had been awakened. It's like, I have, I felt like my life spirit had been awakened. Like when Bobby, did you get below, below the throat with your light check? Oh yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't know how much to explain, but it's like, a court, like, that's just the first thing that I do. And then I stood up, I was told to stand up and put my fingers in certain places that I'm, because I can see meridians uh, they're to me they look like you know blue balls and then the smaller ones underneath are a lighter blue connected by like a really light blue what looks like a straw if you want like I can't remember what that kid game is but they're all connected but if if so for her nothing was lit up from here down so my initial job was to like get in there and light up light everything back up by like what, you know, the, the energy coming through my fingertips. And so I, and one by one, they would turn on and then, then push light in and the submeridians would turn on. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so slow, that's what I did slowly while I'm doing this, I'm getting all kinds of information about her horrific childhood and her, I mean, you can say what you want to share, what you want to share, but you know, devastating stuff. And she was in just take, just hearing it. And, huh? okay, I'm okay with saying it. Okay. Um, but but again, you're you are basically making her. Well, the spirits are making you aware of what she's been through. You're making her accept and look at it. Yeah, well, she did. She was in, except there's a lot of things you didn't remember that then made sense. But right. I mean, there was a lot of things that she had buried and that you it, it all started making sense. And um, a lot of information about her 
mother who's actually still here, but um, we can talk about dark energies another sure. time. <laughs> but, um, and so it was kind of an emergency to get her lights on because she was ready to check out. Like, lit literally, physically, everything. I could see um, what was going on in her intestines and that there was like a twist in your in her intestines and she wasn't able to use the bathroom. And I mean, she was a mess. <laughs> My body was no longer functioning. And in enormous pain, like, you know, just everything. And, and so that was session one. How many sessions did it take for you to start to find some relief? Within the first session, I started feeling relief. I started feeling uh, I could walk my dogs around the block, which I hadn't done in years, was the first thing that I noticed. Um, my diet, I was able to, um, I haven't had an orange or any type of citrus fruit or anything acidic in 10 years. I'm, I, within a couple of sessions, I was eating an orange every day, um, drinking. Uh, one of the things she asked me to do is drink warm water with lemon. I thought, she's crazy. I, I could be able to digest that. And it was amazing. It was soothing. It was healing. Um, and before, it used to give, give me really bad mouth sores or, and horrible stomach aches. So now the IBS cleared up after a period of time? It's still, I still have flare-ups of my IBS, mm -hmm. but I don't have, I, it's, it's not constant. And uh, fibromyalgia? Fibromyalgia, I still have, if I overdo it physically or if I start doing things I'm not yeah. advised to do, like be around people that are not good energies for me or do things that are unhealthy for me, um, then I tend to, my chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia flares up a bit. But if I, if I take care of myself and get good sleep and eat well and um, a lot of water. Now, some would say, though, if you had done that without Bobby's help, you might still be in the same position you're in today. Would you say that or no? I would say that no because of the, the advice. She not only does her sessions and puts her hands on you and does the healing that she does, but she also asks that you do your part as well. There's a prescription that a, a prescription that she gives you to go home with. It. Well, well spirit. A recommend, yeah, yeah, not prescription, but a recommendation of, of things like walking and yoga and, um, like I said, uh, teas. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it's literally, if I, I and I can see dehydration, for instance, like in her, everything was, you know, a mess, like I said, but so I can see the dryness inside a body is the only, I see it in, um, and then I'm just, on, they say, you know, dehydration, like the word will come or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they will, they, spirit, not me, will give, you know, what you can do, what you need to do after these sessions, like Epsom baths are a big thing. And it's not, not for everybody actually, or sometimes they need to wait to do it. Like I don't, I just wait and listen to, and for them to say what is necessary for each individual person. And I write it down and stuff. And, um, for her, I mean, I don't know if warm lemon water would have cleared your fibrobiology or whatever, but, um, Oh, I also want to interject and say that during the, our set, these sessions, the first few sessions, she never advised me not to see my doctor or ever stop taking any medication or take any medication, that I still should see my doctors and follow through with that as well. You assess it. Life before Bobby, life after Bobby. Life before Bobby was not, I didn't have a life anymore. 
I did. I was, I was, I was stuck in my home. Um, I wouldn't say I was depressed. I was really trying to live. And now I have a life. Now I, I'm living. I'm living. If you went back, have you gone back to any of these Western doctors that you were seeing before? The day I saw my rheumatologist. And what did your rheumatologist say? I, well, it's, it's funny because shortly after, I think it was a fifth or sixth session, I just, it just so happened that my rheumatologist was going to wean me off some of my medications naturally. Um, and um, I've been able to go off some, uh, some medications that I was taking to keep my immune system from overreacting because I have... Uh, yeah, they call it like severe autoimmune. Yeah, I have a severe autoimmune. Um, they think I have lupus or sarcoidosis, but anyway... So my sarcoid levels and lupus levels were up even while I was taking this medication. And since I've gone off and seen Bobby, I saw her today, my, all of those levels have gone down and, and my inflammation. And how many sessions have you been through? So far? I've been with her for three months. I think it's like fifth, uh, like 11 sessions. Two a week, one a week? One a week. Uh, one, one a week. week. Well, unless there's a you know, vacation or something. Yeah, she's got there. a vacation. It was every two weeks, and now we go once a week, if she, unless sure. she's busy. You know, and again, there are people out there who, I have to play the naysayer, people out there are going to say, well, again, how do you, and how can you think that it's Bobby when Western was going on at the same time? And maybe it just took a little longer. It took that 11 weeks for the Western medication to kick in. It was years of... Yeah, I had years, had years of, of Western medicine, years of many, many doctors. I still have some of the same doctors that I've had the, for the last five years, my rheumatologist I've had, mm-hmm. from my diagnosis forward. I still see all of my regular doctors. And uh, all of them are happy with the progress that you've been making. They're all happy and they can't, under, they don't, can't explain why, why my levels are changing. So how do you, how do you not convince, because I don't think is, there will be convincing, Bobby, of, of doctors, but how do you, Get them to understand that you're a compliment to or just another uh, modality that they can actually tap into rather than be afraid of you. How do you convince them to do that? Is there more stories like Moya's? I think it's more stories like Moya's. I think that, you know, knowing that like I, I utilize, I've said, hey, can you, when can you go get a scan? Right. Like a Western, like a CT scan, a Western medicine, because I see what I see. And sometimes I don't know or if, if am I see is this energetic that I'm seeing here or is it actually in the physical? And I would never take the chance of anyone to be like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's not in the physical. So I say, can you go get a scan? Right. And then we'll do you know, we'll work on something when we can have, there's a scan that looks like this and then we do our work and there's a scan that looks like this. Like there's a difference. And that's a lot with a lot of people. You know, about a week ago, uh, and for those, since this is not necessarily, we, we actually tape these podcasts and then we broadcast them. So it was maybe, could have been a few weeks ago. You know, I don't know if you saw the case of the psychic who, has now been brought up on charges and actually sentenced to 17 years. Have you seen this? Yeah, and then, but honestly, in this particular case, this woman was truly scamming a family. But there are people out there that are doing this that are scamming. So how do you get people to understand that, you know, throughout that whole 
area, there are some out here like yourself who are trying to talk truth. How do you how do you get them to not throw you in with the rest of those that are scamming? Well, I mean, interestingly enough, when I I experienced the same thing as a real estate agent, right? When I first got into real estate, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of real estate agents, mortgage people that are not on the up and up, right? I mean, there's a lot of that. And so I had to meet that as well. Like people made assumptions that I was not going to, you know, do what was best for them or help or mm-hmm. guide them in, into what would, because I just wanted a commission, right? I never, I could never, I couldn't worry about that or focus on that. And I don't, I don't worry about what people think of me right now. I just, I just am in service at the highest level that I can be in service. And I focus on that. It's all I can do because there's always going to be, and I ended up being a top producing real estate agent wearing shorts and flip flops with crazy messy hair because I was trustworthy and I, and I did, and I, I went above and beyond for people. I do that now. So I, again, you don't, you don't counter or put down what they're treated with through Western medication, no. you just compliment through what you're doing. Right. If, if I could interrupt, she, mm-hmm. if anything, she works with them, I believe. I, that's my own experience is that she's worked with my doctors to, to find the best solution for me. Would you say, again, people who are literally at their wit's end, do you have to wait till your wit's end to do this? Absolutely not. Here? No, I don't believe so. Absolutely. Well, I, Bobby, I'm, I got, I'm telling you, I could talk for another hour but we're about out of time. I can't say thank you enough. First off, Moya for being here. And thank you thank for sharing you for your story me. with all the listeners. And, and Moya is a client of Bobby Vogel. And again, if they want to reach out and get a hold of you, Bobby, how do they do so? www.ethericmedicine.com. E-T-H-E-R-I-C medicine.com. And like you know, I said after the last podcast you did a couple of months ago, you got to come back. I know what's going to happen as soon as we put these up. Uh, you know, the the internet's going to blow up again and people are going to want to have more information. So I think I want to have you come back and let's do this again sometime. That'd be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. And thank all of you out there who keep tuning in to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. You know, this is the place that you can go for the best information on lots of things that are near and dear to your heart. We focus in on cannabis and on hemp, but you know, every now and then we like to take that right-hand turn and talk about things like this, like a therapeutic medication, medicine. So thank you again, Bobby, for being Thank you, Montel. Absolutely. Tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now. Well, then let's go. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Hot Happy Mess, hosted by me, your girl, Zuri Hall. We are celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the Hot Happy Mess podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news 
and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday. Asks.